Hi, Filmatics. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming back for part two with Tyler Hickman, Emmy-winning, award-winning writer, director, producer, editor, and even some acting. Welcome back, Tyler. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, so we just were having um, a fantastic uh, talking about Tyler's uh, incredible journey as a, you were a directing student or a film student? You were a film student, right? That's right. I started as a film student and I slowly found my niche was uh, was directing and then from there kind of blossomed into writing and editing. Yeah, so Tyler Hickman was in college at North Carolina and was asked to fly to the beautiful island of Belize at the age of 21 to direct his first feature lit film, Blood Island. And Tyler, everyone's going to like, you know, everyone. I, I have to ask you a little bit since we're part two. Did What fun did you guys have in Belize? Like, I mean, can you just share a little bit? Were you like Bill and Ted? Like, hey, girls, hey, guys, you know, I mean. <laughs> oh, man. Um, back, back then, you know, age of 21, I was at the time dating my now wife. Uh, and we didn't have a ton of internet, but every time I had a chance, I would find an internet cafe and email her and try to talk to her as much as I could. And the same goes with Aaron. My, uh, he was my producer on, on location there. Anytime we had internet, he would reach out to, to his wife as well. The rest of the cast, uh, they were single. Oh, okay. So they had a lot of fun. So Aaron and I were kind of the straight men, you know, trying to watch everyone else, make sure everyone was doing okay and doing what they were supposed to do. But so many times, there were opportunities for people to meet the, meet the locals, meet other tourists, have fun, party. I mean, it was, it was a, a beach, a beachy scene. It was an island scene. It was hard to, it was hard not to, you know, fall into having some fun. And I will say some of them did have a little too much fun sometimes. <laughs> so there were some late starts for some of the mornings for some of our actors, but looking back on it, it was kind of all in good fun. But I will say there was one night we spent in the Amazon jungle in huts just to get a couple of shots and that is something I will never forget because I woke up to, we think it was a jaguar in the middle of the night. And that scared, that's, <laughs> that scared the hell out of me. But everything about that experience kind of colored how I look at films, especially shooting on location, because you can get some amazing stuff if you just go there yourself. And I was so lucky to have done that. And I, I, I look back on it now fondly smiling because it was just, it was something that really, really kind of shaped me as a filmmaker today. And, and uh, speaking of, like, did you have, like, was, how, was, how was the insects and bugs, or was there any funny oh. stories or obstacles, or, like, with a jaguar, so, like, you heard some screams and, like, some cats, like, meow, like, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, all the things you hear about, you know, being in a jungle environment, you know, the, the bugs want to kill you, the, the big cats want to kill you, everything wants to kill you when you're in a jungle. So that was something that we you know, took to heart, took seriously, but luckily we didn't spend too much time there. We went right back to the, to the beach, you know, shortly, shortly after that experience for, for a number of reasons. But um, everything about, about Belize was just one of, the, one of the best places I've ever gotten a chance, not, not just work in, but to visit. Um, it was just, it's staggering. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember who, who has uh, their own little uh, beach vacation set up there. Uh, the name escapes me at the moment. Someone very famous. You'll have to look that up. But everything that we did in Belize was just on the fly. And everything was just sort of created on the moment, spur of the moment. And we were able to get so many fun, good things to come out of it. But as far as like memories go, like if I had to pick one, 
it, it might have to be that jungle experience with the Jaguar. I don't know if anything is going to beat that. Then, and we don't even know if that, that's what it was, but it was a big cat and it sounded mad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. As long as there wasn't a scorpion or a spider, I think, yeah, I, no bugs. Like if I see a spider or – was there big spiders there? Do you remember big spiders or – Big spiders? No, I don't remember big spiders. Okay. I remember snakes. I remember oh. huge uh, hornet's nests. Um, and we were told to look out for um, alligators or crocodiles, one of the two. Uh, but yeah, it was mainly just the mosquitoes that were, that were giving us hell. It was mainly <laughs> just those. So we were just trying to do whatever we could to stay away from mosquitoes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I, I mean, I want to just recap real quick. So um, so then you went, you did, you, you um, slipping away one uh, outstanding student film, then um, the Big Come Town Best Cinematography, and then you won Video Videographer of the Year um, in 2014, and then um, 2015 Aftermath. Um, and then we were starting to talk about um, uh, Uncharted Drake's Odyssey, which you said was a video a video game because it's a fanboy film festival, right? We were talking about your love for video games, right? Uncharted, yeah, the Uncharted series on PlayStation. I think they have five games out now. I'm a huge fan. It's like a modern day Indiana Jones. It's incredibly in, uh, immersive, and we, we wanted to do our own version of that live action. So we did here in North Carolina, and luckily the the sequel, uh, Drake's Odyssey, got into Fanboy Film Festival in I think 2016. Oh, great! And then so after, so then after you did that, then you did LZ Loss, which was accepted to the River Run International Film Festival. And uh -huh. yeah, and then a vessel which is accepted to um, fake flesh, fake flesh film fest. Oh my gosh, <laughs> fake flesh! That must be a horror film. Is vessel a horror film? I'm assuming. No, actually, vessel is a sci-fi film. Oh. The fake flesh film fest. Say that five times fast. Uh, they accepted sci-fi and horror, and they you know accepted this one because it was a, a short shot. It was I want to say four minutes long. It was originally made for Project Greenlight. Um, I don't know if you remember that with uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon for like HBO back in the day. They were like reviving it back in 2014 and we jumped at the chance of being our own sci-fi film. And it was a lot of fun. It was a big, big concept squished down to four minutes. So it didn't really go anywhere for Project Greenlight. But since then, it's gotten to a few festivals and we, we love that film. That was me and Brennan Scott. Uh, Scott Burton was producing that. Nate Lofton, again, he's, he's one of the actors in that. And everything in that film was just sort of a... That one was very thought out. We storyboarded every single shot. We did everything we could to make it look as good as possible on a very, very tight budget. I mean, we think we had like $300, not even 300 bucks to, to do that thing right. But we had, you know, we just had grit and tenacity and a film group that I've worked with for years. And I, I, I trust with any of my films, um, all the guys I'd, I'd already mentioned, and plus Darren Hummel, Charlie Coleman, and... Uh, I even had a friend of mine, Jennifer French, come in who never acted before, Was did a part in the film. She did fantastic. She did great work. And I would say I would work with any one of them again on any of these projects just because of their love of filmmaking. Not just films, but filmmaking. They show up to work and they aren't even getting paid. That's their dedication. I love that about them. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to have to like, so in 2014, I think I entered um, Project Greenlight the same time. I entered um, the directing contest too. And oh, wow. Um, yeah, I got all the way to top 50 director in Project Greenlight. So we got some kindred spirits right here. What do you know? Who would have yeah, thought? Yeah. <laughs> all right. When I tell you I love directing and directors, I mean, you know, I and like I made a zero film because I don't have a guy group. I don't have buddies. So every time I have to, uh, I do a new short film, I have to find a crew all over from beginning, from A to Z. But I oh. usually have, I find one person with a camera. It's me doing 
the props, the costumes, my own PA, my own AD. Um, this the the um the wardrobe responsibility when I got a thousand dollars worth of um cops, uh, uh, police uniforms, sheriff uniforms, FBI uniforms. It was such a responsibility, and so it was it was a whole chore in itself. The props and the costumes. And when you're trying to direct and you have like a cast of 20 people, I would always end up being a fantastic producer because my directing, you know, you just, you're just, you know, you're doing so much other stuff. So, but like I said, congratulations because Project Greenlight, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, I loved it that they was anonymous when you entered. They didn't know if you're male or female. So they took out all the labels. Didn't know if you're tall, uh-huh. short, if you had big hair, tall hair, if you had a mustache, if you had, uh, you know, skinny legs or a, a pot belly or, you know, it, it just, they just looked at the short to see if there was talent there. And that's what I loved about that. And it, and, um, and, you know, and then they, and they gave you that nice thing, like, well, if you made it this far, you probably have a good career, keep going, keep working. And I love that email from them that encourage you to keep going. And so, right. yeah, so that's fantastic. So we're going to get to how you got your Emmy because I'm going to investigate here. So um, Fourth Paradox was accepted to the Asian Film Center Film Festival, AM Egypt Festival, uh, and Fake Flesh Film Fest, and was a summer <laughs> finalist at the Caribbean Film Festival. Can you just tell us a little bit about Fourth Paradox? I'm assuming, is that science fiction again? Or... It is that that is our um, our sci-fi sort of a mystery thriller kind of project. Brennan Scott and I came up with this idea, um, and we had of course Nate Lofton come back and acted it again. He he he's in everything I do. Uh, if I can get named a project, I'm I'm happy. Uh, <laughs> so Brennan and I wanted to do a sort of um, uh, almost a neo noir figuring things out you know from a detective standpoint we've always liked those kinds of films with a a bit of a sci-fi twist but we didn't have much of a budget again we don't really work with a lot of budget stuff and what we had to do was just get creative and that's where our producer scott burton came in and he was able to sort of furnish us with all these fun toys and and camera works we were able to you know work with him and utilize all the uh the connections and, and and gear that he had and also just how sharp he is. He was able to come up with ideas and locations that we never would have thought of to make the project even better. And our DP on that, uh, Torn Bradshaw, I met him at UNCSA. And this was during school, but during, like I think, spring break. And I convinced Torn to, to join me and Nate and Brennan and Scott and make this thing. And it was just us with our sound guy, Gregory Livengood, just shooting in and around Winston-Salem and we had to make the city look empty. So Nate, you know, woke up, didn't know where he was, got in his car, didn't know whose it was, followed a GPS coordinates, didn't know where it led to, but no one, no one existed but him. So we had to film it downtown Winston-Salem, middle of the night when no one's around. Well, that's easy. Just go there at Monday at like <laughs> two o'clock in the morning and it's empty. It's Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It's not LA. And no one's asking for permits. No one, you know, no one's trying to, you know, shut us down. It's just, you know, Nate's walking around downtown asking if anyone else is there. It was, Torn was getting incredible shots with his existing lighting. I mean, we didn't, I, I think we only used one or two lights the entire short film. But when we finished that one, we were able to send that to a bunch of different festivals and people responded very well to it. It was a, it was a great, great shot um, just to, to our morale as a filmmaking team. They're like, hey, we can do this. We don't need huge budgets. As long as we have an interesting concept and we put everything we can into it, we're going to get something great. I still love, 
I still love the drone work that my brother did for that film. That was when he was just starting his drone company at the time. And he really brought it. Him and Scott both were doing drone work for it. And it really paid off in the end to have such good help that I could trust and rely on. And that's so much been my, that's been my journey is the team I've been with that has been helping me every step of the way. And it's really important to have that team, like a DP that knows the camera and have that team and support. So yeah, and obviously your vision and everything that you learned. And so we're going to get to all the goodies. Let me see, like you, you did in 2018, you won Videographer of the Year Award at Forsyth County Entertainment Awards. Amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then also, so, so how, then, then um, uh, you, um, can you tell us how then you, you uh, jump to your television um, projects? Right, right. So after uh, 2018, getting that videographer of the year award, um, I kind of started to reevaluate what I was working on because at that time it was just short films, short films, short films. And I, I love making short films. It's it's a it's a lot of uh, a lot of fun. It's sort of almost like an experimentation, you know, for features and things like that. And when I had the opportunity to uh, sign on with a television station, a local TV station here in their promotional side and their marketing side as a creative producer for multimedia, uh, I jumped at the chance. I thought it was something new and innovative and challenging and plus the platform of, of television. And I'd never done that before as an independent, as you know, or, or even as a contractor. I'd never been able to work with that in that realm as a creative, just as a helper. So to have that opportunity to, to jump in both feet first was something I couldn't pass up. And the very first project I pitched when I was applying for this job was Exile the Hacker. This was the very first thing I pitched to help me get the job. And and my boss uh, at, at the station loved it so much that he was like, okay, can you actually pull this off? And I'm like, I think I can. I just need the right tools. And I, I had some help. I had uh, Peter Birdsong help me out with this. My boss, Corey McRae, gave me the, the green light. He said, go for it. I trust you. I believe in you. He saw my demo reel with things like Fourth Paradox on it. And that kind of spurred him to have some trust in me. So when I said, I want to do something a little outside of the box, he said, 110% go for it. I I believe in you. And I I was a new hire. He just, full faith. And because of that, because I didn't feel tethered, I didn't feel like someone had control over me, I was able to flex my creative wings and do something new. And I was able to sort of subvert what a lot of TV promotions do and make it somewhat current and somewhat uh, uh, more dangerous. It was about a hacker hacking into a news signal on the television news network. And we were able to do this 20 some odd different times over the course of a couple of months. And in doing so, we had you know 30 to 45 seconds to really grab the audience. But on social media, we could expand that. And we had more time to play and more uh, story to tell. We can get more in depth. But because I was working on such a tight budget that I, I didn't want a lot of money because I feel like if you have a lot of money, you get lazy. You, you aren't as creative, you know, um, so desperation breeds innovation. So when I'm up back against the wall, I have cool ideas. I have things I can try out and you know get some traction with. And that was 100 percent this project. Exile the Hacker was the culmination of a lot of things that I loved and wanted to bring to the screen. And I was able to do so by the generous support. Of, uh, of my television station, Triad CW. And because of that, 
they wanted me to submit it for an Emmy. And I didn't think in a million years this project was anything for an Emmy. It was about a hacker. This wasn't, you know, what I thought of as Emmy award-winning material. But my boss loved it so much, he convinced me to, got to submit, you got to submit. I said, fine. I, I relented. I didn't think it would go anywhere. And then I got nominated. And I had a heart attack. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. It was, and it was the longest time from nomination to finding out who the winner was. That was, it, it felt like eons. And it happened during the pandemic which was, it feels like even worse because time is a construct. The time does not exist in the pandemic. Every, every day is the same. It's a loop. So when I, when I finally got to find out, and this was just this past weekend, who the winner was, I was watching with bated breath. And I was there with my wife, and I'm just holding my breath, and the category comes up, interactive media. And they called me, Tyler Hickman, for WCWG, Triad CW, Exile, the Hacker promo, wins the Emmy for interactive media. I think I screamed for a minute straight. I think I passed out a little bit. I might have seen God. <laughs> you saw God. I can't, I can't remember. You saw, was, you saw, was, like, you saw the yeah. Samurai Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> you saw Fellini. It was, uh, it was all like, oh, my God. It was, it was unlike anything else I'd ever experienced, uh, you know, up to this point in my filmmaking life. It was absolutely incredible uh words fail it was it was validation that i had done the right thing with my career path that i i had a, i had a chance to completely cut off from filmmaking after bloodline didn't work or i could have doubled down i 100 percent doubled down and i went back to film school after blood island finished at uncsa i graduated in three years instead of four because of all my experience and i met some amazing filmmakers there i got to make some really cool films and because of that, that was able to build a platform to get the job at Triad CW to try something new. And I got an Emmy out of it. And I cannot believe that that was the trajectory. <laughs> it is, it's wild looking back on it. It really is. Well, congratulations. And like, it sounds like you have an incredible team. You have an incredible boss that when um, someone believes in you and sees talent and says, go, go do this. Those are special people that recognize talent in someone that give them the platform and give them the tools that they need to 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 go and like you said to give you the wings to fly and when uh, when um the the what is it the 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 worm turns into the butterfly like if you the cocoon state if you if you just give them the chance they can fly into these beautiful butterflies which you certainly did and. And so you, so we are, we're recording in March 6th. So we're pre-recording. So this, you know, I have, I recorded like uh, so many people ahead of you, but um, I, uh, you found out in March, right? March of 2021, right? That you got the Emmy, right. you won the award. Mm -hmm. And so um, I want to ask you, so how did COVID affect your art and, and your life? Ooh. What did you do? Yeah. You know, uh, did you do anything on your bucket list or? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, a lot of, uh... I, I was able to do one thing productive, just one thing, but I really, I poured my heart and soul into it. And that was to write a feature length script that I wanted to do for years. And I finally did it during lockdown. I didn't do anything else productive except that. And I was like, if I can just finish this script, if I can get this one thing done, I'll be happy. And when it was done, I realized that it was, it was something I actually think I could, I could do. I could feasibly do this. And so now like 
starting in October, we're going to be filming a feature-length film based on the script I wrote during lockdown. Oh, congratulations. At what genre is it going to be? This is an adventure, uh, action, you know, modern day. This is very much a love letter to Indiana Jones, uh, to my, you know, un uncharted uh, games that I that I'm obsessed with. Uh, it's it's very much in in that vein. It's a, it's a modern day action adventure film, and we're shooting it here in North Carolina, all across the state, you know, from the coast to the mountains. It's called The Rogues: Dawn of the Black Sun, oh. and it is. It is all the things I've ever wanted to do, but it's I'm, I wrote it in a way that I can actually do it without, you know, twenty million dollars from a studio. Obviously, if I had twenty plus million dollars, I could make it bigger and better. But I'll I'll do what I can with what I got. So we're going to launch a GoFundMe, you know, fundraiser for this project. I mean, we're going to complete it by hook or by crook, no matter what. But if we're able to raise more money, it's just going to make it that much better. So I think come October. We're going to start filming the rogues and oh. it's going to be an experience. And I've got, I've got all my filmmaking uh, partners with me. I've got uh, Phil Bruin from back in 2007, slipping away. I've got him in this. I got Nate Lofton, my good buddy. I got Reed Doyle from uncharted Two. went to the Sandboy film festival. I got Tyler Cole, who was an aftermath and catalyst. I've got Madeline Taylor, Sterling Hurst. Uh, we've got all these different players in this film that have agreed to do this just based on the script and based on what, you know, we've been able to do in the past. We fully believe that we can pull this off and we can do it the right way because we, I know not a single person on this project is going to, you know, come into this with their hands in their pockets. Everyone's coming out swinging and it's going to be a hell of a fun time. Oh, wow. So what's the name of it again? It's called uh, the rogues. What the rogues? The, uh, the rogues dawn of the black sun. The Rogues of the Dawn of the Black Sun. Oh, I love that too. And I um I might have some moguls, um, some audience listening for my Girls Guide to Investing podcast. And I just put on a friend that's doing it. And uh, it a couple people doing Indigo ca um campaigns. One one because it was a thesis film, but um so maybe some of our moguls will be listening to you know supporting you on your Indigo. And um I do have distribution. Some of the people that came to the show they have distribution streaming. So you know you can always ask about that. But um. Well, Tyler Hickman, you are a fabulous director, writer, editor, Emmy winning winner. I mean, <laughs> you have a bright, bright future, which it, you already have the future. It's already there. But I am so excited about your next film. And uh, I even have an actor I'm going to like uh, tell you about when we get off camera because he came on the show. <laughs> he came on the show and he was amazing. So, so amazing. We had a good time. But, um, you know, I just want to say, uh, well, where can people keep up with you? Like where Facebook or social media, where can they keep up with you? Right. Well, um, we actually have uh, social media pages for the rogues. We've got a Facebook page, an Instagram and a Twitter page and also our GoFundMe page for the rogues. Uh, all of those are um, up and active. Um, we're going to be posting, um, you know, as soon as we launch the campaign, we're going to be posting virtually every single day across all platforms to promote the rogues dawn of the black sun to get the word out um all of my uh i guess interactions with potential fans you know for this project are going to be through that i'm trying to transition off of personal social media and just go more towards the filmmaking side of it to use it as a as a marketing campaign instead of just you know promoting, my, promoting myself as a person I like to promote the team and the project we're on more so than anything else and it's been it's been quite a, a, a road to get it here, but once we launch it, you know, the Rogues, Dawn of the Black Sun across all social media, you should be able to find us pretty easily. 
Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Well, we're so happy to have you on the show and it's been such a pleasure and I can't wait to see that film streaming and the big box. Well, we hope we have theaters so that, you know, the theaters will open up. So when you, when you finish editing, maybe they can watch in theater, but if not, I'm sure it's going to be all kind of streaming channels because um, the head of Moi Kwai Films came on. And so, you know, I can introduce you to him, but I just want to say thank you so much. I look forward to, um, seeing your films and we can always have you come back to you after you do your film yeah that sounds great thank you so so much for this opportunity i really really appreciate it um i i i still can't believe it this is incredible thank you so much I, I, yeah this is your first podcast too i'm your first podcast Woo-hoo. <laughs> it is that's that's right it's my first one yeah, this is yeah. number one for me. It, was, it was fun we have a great audience they're so amazing our audience um loves the show they're emailing and so happy that people are being generous and talking about film shots and 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 their path to success which is really inspiring to them which they said and i'm really happy um that they're enjoying the show and just want to say thank you so much tyler hickman for coming on the show today and and uh, thank you. Thanks think, again. Thank you so much. Thanks, audience, for listening. We love our listeners. And, you know, if you want to support the podcast, you can, you know, um, uh, anonymous content is us or hit the five stars and give us a review. We really appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Till next week. Cheers, everyone.